Welcome to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good afternoon and welcome into the podcast. Today is February the 22nd. It is 2022, and today's a soft podcast. What do I mean by that? Well, just got a couple of topics I'm going to talk about today, and uh, I want to start off, though, talking a little bit about firsts. I am uh, constantly receiving uh, information about the the first this, the first that, Um, and someone wrote to me and said, you know, you're not putting any of this stuff out, and... Uh, my response is, and I, I just figured I'd, I'd put it out here. Um, uh, for example, the other day, I believe uh, there was a, uh, a female firefighter who was the first uh, company officer in this department's history, which is a great accomplishment, by the way. But uh, uh, I guess somebody was upset because I didn't talk about it. And so I thought I'd just address this um, in general. Um, uh, first of all, uh, anybody who chooses to make the fire service a career, um, I am, I'm thrilled for them. I, I really am. And it's great to be able to, uh, to make something your career and, and to, to join an honorable profession. And everybody who gets promoted, everybody who, who uh, moves on up or who, who accomplishes things, you know, your first fire, your first uh, fire with four two and a halfs off the rig, your you know you name it. Your first rescue, first time venting a roof, your three hundredth time venting a roof, all of those things are are great. The problem is, is that you know we can't talk about each and every one. I remember uh, growing up, um, and and I was born in the late 60s. So I remember the 70s, and, and I remember when women were trying to get into the fire service because my brother would talk about it um, with with uh, his fellow firefighters. And, and uh, uh, a firefighter came into their department, and uh, this was in the 70s, and, and uh, uh, she was really well-liked. I mean, she was. She did her job well, and things went well. And so this has been a subject that's been around for some time. And... Uh, but it, it is not a new subject. So, for example, the first time a ladder truck was introduced in the fire service, it was a pretty big deal. And, and it should have been. Uh, but now people buy aerial trucks uh, every week. You know, there's, there's new aerial deliveries going out all the time. And you can't celebrate each and every uh, aerial delivery in the same way we can't celebrate each and every first. And, and the reason why is that there's no time or space for it. It doesn't mean that it's not impressive. Um, women in the fire service, this has been going on for a while. This is not new. There have been women in the fire service who've served as chief officers who've retired. Um, you know, I, I think uh, women have come a long way. They have. But there's only so many firsts that that you can continue to talk about when people just absolutely say, yeah, and I'm tuning it out, I'm not going to listen to it. And so, you know, I, I think, first of all, um, I, I think it, it needs to be understood 
that there are limits to what you can do on a podcast or, or put on a website. Um, if I'm going by firsts, if that's what I'm reporting on or talking about every day, that's all the podcast is. It'll never be anything else. Because cities, towns, you know how many, how many communities there are across the United States? You know, and, and everybody has a first this, first that, and, and so on and so forth. And I'm, I'm past that. I really am. I uh, try my very best, and I've always tried my best, not to look at the fire service as, as anything more than good people coming together to try to do things for other people. I don't really care what your, your gender is. I, I don't care what your whatever. I, I just don't. If you're good, you're good. And if you're not, you suck no matter what. I don't care who you are or what you do. So I can't do every first. I, I can't and I won't. It doesn't mean that I'm not impressed by what people do. I'm constantly impressed by people. Um, but it's always the same types of people. It's the people who are competent. It's the people who get there because they deserve to be there. It's the people who run the race and finish the race and are saying, you know, it was a good race. That's what I focus on. If you notice, I don't do a lot of, hey, look, this guy got promoted or this woman got promoted or, or uh, this or that. I, I don't do a lot of it because it happens every day. And sometimes some people who earn these promote, or I should say who are promoted, male, female, doesn't matter. Ethnicity doesn't matter. Sexual orientation doesn't matter. They simply suck at what they do. And so that is, uh, that, that's life. Some people are good at things. Others suck at it. And I can't comment on every single promotion. Can't do it. Not going to. So the person or persons who are upset by that, uh, you know, yeah, plenty of podcasts. Go somewhere else. I'm not in this. Uh, this is not a pro promotional podcast. This is not a political podcast. I don't care about your politics. I really don't. Um, you know, look. If you bring me, if you send me something that I think deserves to be on here, I'm going to talk about it. I've said on this podcast and on the other podcasts I've had, I believe that uh, women are absolutely a part of the pod. Uh, excuse me, a part of the fire service, not the podcast. Part of the fire service, and I salute them. Um, and I'm always in the corner of those who are competent. Doesn't matter who they are, what they do. I don't care. Um, but that's my litmus test. Are you competent? As long as someone's competent, the public doesn't care. And I'm not interested in people who are concerned about how it looks as opposed to how it is. You know, if you're concerned about how you're... Let's say we all decide we're going to bake a cake, right? Each person... I'm going to go around, I'm going to go with the cake that tastes best. Now, I have to let you know, I don't like cake, so, you know. But I'm not going to go with the one that everybody spends a ton of time on trying to make it look, look like a beautiful cake. Because if I taste it and it sucks, I'm not eating it anymore. And I know how to eat, okay? Anybody that knows me knows 
I'll eat a meal or two. I, I don't mind. But I'm not eating food that I don't like just because it looks good. That's asinine. So, that being said, um, let's move on and, and get, out of, get out of this because uh, it's enough to, to drive you insane. Um, send me something that is, uh, that is you know, uh, news and I'll, I'll do it. I'll talk about it. Um, but don't send me the first, you know, the first, the second, the third lieutenant in the history of uh, the 54th Battalion in the 3rd Division of a department. And I'm not doing it. You know, I'm, I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. You get promoted. You get into a new position. I'm happy for you. But not everything deserves to be celebrated as some awe-inspiring event. Not, anyway, outside of a circle of people where it might be an awe-inspiring event. So that's, that's where that goes. I want to talk a little bit about fear. Uh, some people lead by fear. Now, here I'm not talking about the people or the person who comes in and throws their chest out, stands in your face and says, yeah, you're going to clean the bay today. And you're going to do it because if you don't, yeah, you're going to be sorry. That's not the type of fear I'm talking about. Fear is pretty powerful initially. You can get people to fear and they'll do things initially because they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to lose their job. They don't want to be uh, sent to another battalion or district or division or whatever. I've watched it. Uh, I've watched it unfold in many different areas of life. And sometimes you need that sort of that fear inducing leadership. For example, uh, in the military, if somebody gives an order for you to move 50 clicks west and, and they want you to do it right now, um, sometimes fear comes into play. That does. But it's not a long-term solution. Why? As human beings, fear fades. You can only threaten people so many times or for so long, and then they're like, you know what, I have no respect for the fear monger. None. It generates distrust as well. And finally, it just defeats the leader who uses it. In fact, we shouldn't call leaders leaders who use it like that. Um, and understand what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the gruff people. All right, Gruff leaders can get a lot accomplished. There are some people who feel you have to negotiate every single thing during the day. I'm not one of those people. Um, you know, you, you, you can call them your constitutional lawyers, your, your uh, shithouse scholars, all those sorts of people who they want to sit and argue every point. That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes you need to be gruff as a leader. Sometimes you need to send a message. But there's a difference between that and, and trying to intimidate people so that they might follow what you say. Again, short term, very short term, and you've likely lost that person forever. It's just the truth. Fear doesn't work. Um, neither does, you know, do complex negotiations. Well, I'd really like you to sweep the floor over there. So let's have an hour and a half talk about why you should sleep, sweep the floor. No, you know, go sweep the floor. It's a duty. Go do it. End of discussion. Some people don't like that. They're like, ooh, I'm, you know, I'm triggered by that. Fair enough. Um, life is going to be very difficult for you. Good luck. So fear, again, short term, 
doesn't typically work. Why? I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine who is uh, who is a uh, battalion chief in the department somewhere near the coast, the east coast of the United States. Well, not somewhere near the coast, literally on the coast, on the east coast of the United States. And he just took over for someone who used a lot of fear, fear of guys getting uh, written up all the time. Uh, he was known as Mr. Write-Up, I guess. And he, he put paper on everyone. And uh, so he took, my, my friend just took over, and uh, he, he, he told me, he's like, I walk into the station, and he's like, and these guys are like, uh, sir, what can we do for you, sir? And he's like, uh, guys, slow your roll a little bit, you know, do uh, you have anything to drink? And, you know, and it, it's like he said they were beat down. And he's been there now. He's been in this battalion a, a little bit, a couple months, and, and he's kind of reoriented it. But uh, he, he, he was talking about that, and I thought, you know, it's a, it's a powerful lesson um, at just how demoralizing it can be uh, for people to have to, uh, to respond to, to uh, leadership that way. It is, uh, it, it's really an immature style of leadership. And it uh, doesn't work. It just doesn't. Short-term only, uh, but long-term damage. Here's something else. I was uh, listening to a speech uh, by a firefighter at a conference. Um, somebody sent me the audio. And he was talking about overhaul. And, and you know, one of the probably uh, least talked about aspects of any fire operation is overhaul. Salvage and overhaul just isn't talked about that much because it's not sexy, right? Everybody wants to be on that first line, that line that gets in, knocks the fire down. Everybody wants to be on the roof, venting the roof. Um, everybody wants to be doing the primary, the secondary searches and stuff like that. Um, you know, people who are driving, they want to be on the attack truck, you know, and, and, and all sorts of things. Very few people go, wow, the fire's out. I can't wait to get in there and get dirty, you know. I can't wait to spray a ton of water on this on this uh, building that has now collapsed. This is going to be fun. Nobody says that. Nobody in their right mind. But it is still firefighting. It is. You can still get killed in overhaul. A lot of you will know this uh, as soon as I say these two words. Hotel Vendome. Uh, Boston Fire Department lost nine firefighters, Hotel Vendome, that collapsed uh, during overhaul, uh, change of crews, and uh, just a tragedy. And uh, collapse, and that's not the only example of that. It's probably one of the more well-known. But still, how many conferences do you go to? How many things do you read about overhaul? Um not a lot. You know, it used to be that as soon as a fire was knocked down, as soon as, sometimes it wasn't knocked down, the, uh, you'd be told, okay, you can take your pack off. And you had your pack off all through overhaul. Had your coat off, helmet off, uh, gloves, uh, holding an a, a inch and a half or sometimes a booster line or whatever, and you're in the building and it's smoking and off-gassing. Some guys are standing there smoking while the smoke is happening from the structure and it's off-gassing. 
you were just hanging around oblivious to it. Oblivious uh, would be the best uh, would be the best description. It wasn't thought of at that time as being something important. Of course it is. Um, some people are zero-sum people. They're like, nope, you should have your air pack on from the time you arrive at the station in the morning until change of shifts. Um, we'll just have to keep cycling through those cylinders. That's ridiculous. But overhaul is still fighting fire. It is. Salvage is still fighting fire. You know, you take salvage covers into uh, into a place and you start spreading them. Products of combustion, gases, and everything else are still happening. They are. Um, you know, you're opening up some uh, some walls or or you know you're you're pulling ceiling after the fire's down to look for extension to check for things. They're still off gassing. There's still a, pot- a potential for collapse. There's still a potential for all sorts of things. Uh, to go on that can injure or kill uh, or kill you. So, it is still fighting fire. We need to keep that in mind. Um, firefighting doesn't happen just when the fire can be seen. It's afterward as well. And people get sick and die from it. People are injured. Uh, it's tragedy. Keep that in mind. Another question that I got that I didn't answer... Uh, in the last podcast was line of duty deaths versus line of duty deaths versus line of duty deaths. So some people get upset when you uh, put out that there's been a line of duty death and the person didn't actually die at a fire or or at at some sort of accident or whatever. Some people believe that the line of duty death uh, announcement should only come if a person has died while engaged in in firefighting or what have you. Others believe that no matter what, a firefighter dying anywhere should be considered a line of duty death. Then there are the people, and this is not a joke, who you could be done with firefighting for five or ten years, and people believe that you should also be a line of duty death. Well, I get there are differing opinions about it. And I want to say this. For the purposes of insurance, for the purposes of, of benefits for firefighters, uh, their families, um, line of duty deaths can take place, um, you know, long after you've departed the fire and, and you've gone back to the station, even gone home. The line of duty deaths that I typically put out, typically, are people who have died in the line of duty at a fire or an incident. It's not that I don't put out others, it's that those are the ones that I typically comment on. It doesn't make any other death less tragic. It doesn't. You know, it, it really doesn't. Um, if I'm doing a podcast and, and I get some, uh, some notification about a line of duty death and, and I check it and it's fairly, you know, it's fairly recent and accurate, then sometimes I'll put it up. I will. I'll put it on Instagram. I'll put it out here. I'll put it on the website. I'll put it on Twitter. Wherever I have to, I'll put it out. Um, and, and here's what I would like to point out. I liken it to uh, service in the military. If you're in the military and you're hanging out in the barracks, you and your buddies, and one of your buddies dies, um, that's bad. It is. You know, he's died, and that, that's not a good thing. Um, 
if we contrast and compare that with somebody who is uh, at sea on a submarine uh, four miles off the, the Russian coast monitoring, there's a big difference. If we're talking about somebody who died uh, engaged in combat operations, big difference. If we talk about somebody who's died who is uh, forward deployed and in, in support of certain operations, yeah. Um, dying at the barracks is no less tragic for the people involved, but it does merit a different type of, of response. Uh, and a lot of people don't like that. I get it. It doesn't mean that there was no sacrifice. Serving in the military is sacrifice enough. Being a firefighter is important. All of these things are. But it's different in how we handle disseminating information. Um, again, it doesn't make it any less tragic. It really doesn't. Um, deaths are, are, by their very nature, the end of things for people. And so uh, if, we, if we use that, then obviously we know it's a big deal for people. However, uh, talking about it is a completely different thing. And uh, so that's why sometimes you'll see a line of duty death. I'll talk about it, and other times I won't. A lot of it depends on circumstances, timing, all those sorts of things. So I just wanted to get that out. We will be back uh, on Thursday morning with a podcast. Um, could be interesting. Could be interesting. I'll just leave it at that. Sometimes. Well, I'm going to go a little further. <clears throat> sometimes. You watch people who are on incredible highs, you know, as a department, individuals, what have you, and they don't see what's happening. They don't, and that's unfortunate. Um, it doesn't take much to derail things. It doesn't take much at all. And, uh, but very often, those same people, you can't tell them. They don't want to listen to you. You know why? They feel like they're on top of the world. You know, one thing I'll say for people who are, who are struggling, um, they typically listen. People who are so happy, oh, they don't realize. It's unfortunate. At any rate, um, until Thursday morning, everyone, stay safe.